If your career, if your finances are stalled out, you're kind of stuck in a rut and not completely satisfied with where you are, today's episode is just for you. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. All right. Meredith Atwood, author, speaker, swim, bike, mom, the same 24 hours podcast. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. I am so glad you reached out to me on LinkedIn. And for anybody listening, if you yourself have a story to tell, an inspirational story, please reach out to me if you know somebody who does. Because this podcast, Seven Figures, yes, we go over the practical financial things that we need to know and we learn. But we also inspire each other. And I feel like everybody has a story to tell and we can learn from each other. So Meredith, when you reached out to me and I was like, oh, I wonder, I want to know more about Meredith. And I started to listen to your podcast and, and find out more about you. Holy cow, you have such an inspiring story to tell. I have a yard sale. That's what I call my life that I, <laughs> that I just have like all this stuff. And, you know, it's, I've tried to kind of downsize the yard sale because it just, it's been really frantic, but, um, I, I used to be an attorney and a mom, I mean, I'm still a mom of two, but you know, I used to, to just have the day job and I was very overweight and miserable and just doing the grind, right. And commuting and hating my life and wondering how I got here. <laughs> like that was my story. Now, wait a and, minute. So attorney, yeah. when you think you're an attorney, that is like the brass ring. That is what everybody says. Yeah. Hey, I want my babies to be either a doctor or a lawyer. So That's you so refer to true. Like when you say that, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> So true, though. It's so true. And I, I lose touch with that because of how miserable me personally, I was in the legal profession. So what was it like all through law school and everything you didn't or were you just kind of living someone else's dream? Maybe your parents dream. Or yeah, whatever. I think it was a lot of that. But I was also so I was an English major. I was you know, I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a journalist. And so I was in my freshman year of college and someone informed me that writers don't make any money. Mm. And so to me, I, I didn't know at the time, I, I've kind of unpacked it now. I didn't know at the time that that was one of my biggest fear sets, that I would be on the streets and that I would like not have any money for food. And I didn't know that that was like a deep seated fear of mine. I, mm. I, I wasn't living in a mindset of kind of abundance. You know, I was kind of terrified that I would never have enough. And so when someone said, you know, you're going to be dirt poor being a writer. I mean, it never occurred to me that one, yeah, I might be for a while, but two, who cares? That's what I want to do. And you know, yeah. so I, I thought, oh gosh, you know, I should probably pick something else. And so I changed my degree, my, my major from journalism and mass communication to English. And then what do English majors do? <clears throat> they go to law school. <laughs> Because oh, they don't know what to do with their life. <laughs> and so that's what I did because somewhere along the way, people tell you, you know, lawyers or people like law schools, like English majors and Latin, you know, you should take Latin. So I took 
two years of Latin. Oh um, my gosh, you were really just following everyone's advice, weren't you? I did. I just, you know, I was just this lemming, which is really weird because if anyone knows me, they're like, she's not a lemming. But I, I guess I was just terrified. So I sat in law school on my first day in civil procedure. And I thought, number one, what is this class? <laughs> I don't, what I don't I... understand what civil procedure is. Like, what is this? Why am I here? And um, I was lost. And I thought, right then, I have made a very grave error. <laughs> oh, like, no. Yeah. It was like an out-of-body experience. I, I yes. did it for a while. I was in political science. I was a political science major. And I was like, what the hell? I do not belong in this class. <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, and I've heard a lot of people, it's it's interesting when, you know, doing podcasting, you, you talk to a lot of different people. I talk to a lot of recovering attorneys. There's a whole <laughs> slew of us out there. And, you know, it's interesting the ones who say, oh, I knew it wasn't for me or, you know, all of us had this sense. Wow. Okay. In law school, like this is not what we need to be doing. But, and, and then I know people that sat in that first day of law school and said, nope. And they just pulled the ripcord and they were out. Like they had enough self-awareness to be, to be but, like, I'm, I'm out. You stuck through it. And I stuck through it through a 13 year career. Oh, wow. 13 years. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a really good college try. You did. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> but you I must did. admit now uh, it is a financial podcast. So hopefully you feel okay being open, but you must have been making a lot of money. Good money. Well, and I was in real estate and then I was in real estate litigation and, and where I ended, I mean, I ended up over six figures and that was pretty good for the job I did. Um, I, I wasn't working in a big, huge downtown Atlanta law firm. I was working in a mid-sized firm, but yeah, I was making great money, but what comes with that great money in a stressed out, unhappy lifestyle is you're having to buy clothes constantly because you keep getting fatter. <laughs> you're eating out all the time. You, you know, the childcare situation was a fortune. Uh, and so yeah. all of a sudden you take six figures and you dwindle it down to $34,000, you know, with nannies and commute and uh, clothing. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, the money was good on the, on the outside, but I was terrible at handling it. And because I was just unhappy. Mm. And I, I think, I think how you handle your money is sort of an extension of, your well-being sometimes. Absolutely. And there are a lot of people who are probably listening right now who are thinking I'm I'm doing my job not because it fulfills me 100%, but because on paper it looks attractive and everybody or anybody would think I was crazy to walk away from it. And then we yeah. just stay there in our routine, in our rut. And what was it that said, "Hey, let me take this leap of faith and walk away?" Well, I, so I had a side hustle and, and this is the thing. So I started writing again when my kids were born, you know, I had like the very original mom blog. I know no one did that. Um, so I did like some blogging when my kids were little and I, so I started writing and then I got into the sport of triathlon and I started writing about that. And, um, I did that and I'm, I'm going on 10 years for that. So I, I started this side thing. And, and I was doing that. And then I wrote a book during, during my law job and all this process. So I always had this kind of side thing going. And so I didn't take a total blind leap, but it, it was certainly a, a very big leap. <laughs> but you use that as your outlet. So you were getting a taste of what really fulfilled you Correct. by writing. 
And then at the point, I mean, your babies are little at this time. Your husband, did he think you were nuts when you said you wanted to walk away? Oh, I mean, he did. He think I was nuts then. I mean, he just probably thinks I'm nuts in general. Um, he he knew I was miserable. I mean, he uh, was okay. we were dating when. Well, no, we were. Yeah, we were dating through all of this dating, married, law school. So he knew. But okay. he was very much of the school like you you suck it up because we can't do any better right now. And so so I did. But yeah. I, I looked for something else. And I was very aware that my resume was important. And, um, you know, I, I didn't take it lightly. You know, I joke about like, I got out of the legal profession and screw that. Yeah. But I did not take that decision lightly. It was, it was very hard to, to say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then when I went inactive with the bar, you know, when I'm said, I'm not going to even write wills for my family. <laughs> you know, like I really just closed the door on it. That took me another almost two years. Oh, wow. Before I did that. Yeah. Cause I tried to dip my toe back in. So like two months after I officially quit. And, and the thing is I had like great bosses. I had a great job and that made it harder because I was, I love the people. Yeah. But I knew that it, you know, when I'm 70 years old in my rocking chair, and I'm telling my grandchildren about my life. I knew that wasn't what I wanted to lead, led to leave. I wanted to do something else. And that's what a lot of people say. I mean, they refer to that same scenario. Like, what do you want to be telling people when you are 70 in the Rocky chair? Which let's bump that up. Now, as we get older, let's bump up that to like 85. <laughs> you don't want to hear my 85 year old story. I don't think <laughs> so I'll tell you what it is. Cause it's stupid. So I'm, um, I'm sober. I'm three and a half years sober. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. Um, and I say that when I'm 85, if I've had a good life, I can start drinking and smoking and doing crack if I want to. <laughs> and so, um, that's my 85 year old life. Okay. <laughs> so we should keep mine to like 75. <laughs> okay. No, well, wait a minute here. Now, how old are you now? I'll be 40 this year. Okay. Oh, oh God. Okay. So I'm 40 something. And my kids reminded me that I'm older than I thought I was. I was walking around telling everybody I'm 42, <laughs> but I guess I'm 43, whatever. Anyhow. Um, so when you're 85 and if I'm still doing this podcast, we'll sync back up and, uh, <laughs> See, you can talk to drunk me. No. And it's just so funny. Cause I've just, uh, I've had a hard time lately with being like stone cold sober. And so I'm just saying, you know what, I'm just not going to do this for 45 years and then I'll be fine. You know, it, it's just a mental, it's just kind of a joke, but no. that was just funny. You said 85 because that's my year. Were you battling that because of all the stress and you were just not happy in your life? Um, I think that's a part of it. I think the older I get, the more I realize I had a lot of unresolved childhood trauma. Ah. Uh. Okay. And just kind of buried it, you know, didn't you, yeah. you know, something's wrong and then you just don't want to feel that. And then someone gives you a beer and you're like, oh, this makes it feel better, you know? Uh, and I think it just yeah. built on itself, but yeah. I definitely think being a lawyer and having two young kids and just being unhappy compounded the addiction process for sure. But now you feel great. You're doing the job oh, yeah. that you love. You're sober. Your babies are how old now? Uh, 10 and 11. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. now you, um, now how are we financially? Are we still <laughs> trying to get back up to 
funny you ask. Um, yeah, no, st- totally broke right now. Like all jokes aside. Um, and it's, it's good though, it, because it's made me appreciate what is coming it, and it's, so it's, it's been this long process of preparing for right now. Cause I had a book come out in March. I have another book coming out in December. I'm thoroughly convinced it's going to be a great run. I just, it's, it's a good book. I'm proud of it. I think it's going to change people. And, but here I sit, you know, sinking money into a podcast. I think people think you make money on podcasts and, and unless you have, you know, an ad for me undies at the beginning of it, that you're not making money. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one's paying you. Right. Um, you know, so I'm sinking money into the podcast and I love it, but right now, yeah, I don't, I don't really make any money. And, and I've got a husband who's got a job that can support us, but you know, we used to be two really good income households and now we're down to basically one. So now you are looking long-term though, you're setting yourself yes. up and it'll take a while. And I think that's what the struggle is. We want this quick fix. You know what I mean? My life isn't happy. Okay. Maybe if I do this now, I just need the money to pour in quick. Otherwise abort mission, right? And your whole story is all about patience and just take it slow and it's going to take some time. And right now it's been how many years did you say? This will be, this is going on, I guess this will be, we're nine. We're we're right in nine right now. Nine years. 10 years since I started my first workout really. So I I mean, I kind of consider it a decade long journey, but yeah, I mean, I I think when I sit down and look at it, like if we're looking objectively financially, what we don't spend now because I work from home, like I, I write all day, I podcast, I did, we don't have childcare. I, I haven't bought a nice outfit in a year. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, was, yeah. I Amen to that. I think every mother listening is like nodding their head. I was looking at old photos from when my kids were first born and I was wearing the same exact shirt the other day. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, yeah, this is yeah. good. I mean, I think we're all in it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, so I look and I'm like, okay, I don't have the six figures anymore, but it's really less of a gap than you would think when you're trying to find a replacement parent to raise your children because Mm -hmm. you're working so hard. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm here, I'm here when they get home. So, and I'm, I'll put stuff in the Instapot for dinner, but I'm, the funny thing is I'm working harder now than I've ever worked but I'm just doing it in my pajamas and without a shower for four days. <laughs> you know? um, so it's, it's just different. It's different. And, but it is the long game. And a lot of people I know don't have the the luxury yeah. for the long game. And, and to, to those people I say, then you got a side hustle. I mean, I, I did the side hustle for seven years. Yeah. I was doing both. And you can, if there's any takeaway from your story so far, it's, you can make it happen. You, you can. can look through your budget and see where you can save the money. And you're right, the side hustles and think long-term. Don't get frustrated if it's not happening right away. Um, Okay, so now I want to- I'll just, I want to add one more thing on the long-term thing because I read the book, Robert Greene's book, Mastery. Like we were on a vacation, I bought that book. And he said something in there, like it takes 10,000 hours of work to master a skill. And when you you think about 10,000 hours, it basically works out to about 10 years. And then you start looking at people that finally make it, you know, out of the blue comes someone who's now famous. Well, if you look at their backstory, they've got 10 years behind Mm. it, you know, and it's like this magic 
capsule of time for me is I keep looking, okay, 10 years, <laughs> even though it's, it's not necessarily yeah. 10 years, but there is a tremendous amount of time to, to make, you know, make whatever you want to make of yourself. I mean, even Justin Bieber, <laughs> if you hate that kid, he started playing the guitar at three, you know, yeah. he hit it big at 13, but he had a decade. That's true. <laughs> you know, what a you know? great example, mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, terrible example, but no, I always was think great. about that. that was, kid. It was so true. Now let's move into, okay. So your podcast, the same 24 hours and for a moment, we kind of just glanced over it, but you said while you were a lawyer, you were just kind of eating out all the time and just eating all the time, and you were at a weight that you were not happy with. In that time, you probably were not even thinking your life would be all about the triathlete, the triathlon. No, no, never. I was, no, that never occurred to me. That is actually hilarious when I think about it. <laughs> you, you know, because... I was just so out of shape. And and sometimes my husband will look at me and be like, I can't believe this is you now, you know, because I used to wear sweaters in the summer to hide my arms and I wouldn't go outside. <laughs> I would just, yeah, I just was miserable in this like lump of life. That's what I just called myself. I just wasn't like breathing. What was, that was it, it though? I think a lot of us busy moms and we use the fact that we're busy moms as an excuse. I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, yeah, I always make an excuse of why I can't stick to a workout routine. What was it for you that maybe we could feed off of? And I I say this and someday my kids are going to be in therapy for it. But (laughs) the truth of the matter is they were 14 months apart. I had to get away from them and I had to get away from my husband and I needed time to breathe. And so when I figured out that a workout gave me an hour (laughs) And granted, I had to be like in a pool, but the pool's the best place because no one can get to you. You're underwater. <laughs> it's really fabulous. Um, but that's what I learned I, I at my core. And I felt guilty for it. I felt guilty for thinking that I felt terrible. You know, people want children. They can't have children. They've lost children. And I don't want these children. And it wasn't that I didn't want these children. I just wanted a piece of me yeah. back. Yep. I just wanted to write or to breathe or to paint or and and that was the only thing that I felt like I could claim for myself because working out is healthy, right? It's going to make you feel better. And so I started claiming that time for myself and it, it turned and it spiraled out of control from there. Really, I just <laughs> I wanted to like do a little exercise and then it, I found triathlon and then it got crazy. But yeah, that's how it started was I got to get away from these kids for a little bit. You need money. But I came back better. I came back better from every workout. So your book is focused on what? So the book that came out um, in March is called Triathlon for the Every Woman. And it is focused on the every woman, whoever you are, size, shape, age, culture, whatever, how you can become a triathlete. And this is coming from someone who did her first triathlon at 230 pounds and who still is 195 pounds. I am still a very big girl and, um, I am not fast. And so I wrote this book because it's triathlon saved my life and it doesn't have to be triathlon, but this is a good book for anyone that wants to, get out of their own way, mm-hmm. you know, and start a journey of fitness. And I think my story in there kind of 
can tell anyone how to do that. So that's, that's the book that's coming out in March. I have another book coming out in December, which is kind of an extension of my story, but without the the sport component. So it's called the year of no nonsense. And it was kind of born out of a really shitty year. I don't know if I can say that (laughs) a really bad year, um, that happened for me in, in 2017 and kind of what I learned when I said, what would what would my life look like? if I had a year of no nonsense where I just said no to all this garbage that I don't want to do to my frenemies, to social media friends I don't Mm. like. And, and so it was kind of my journey, but also the, the system literally that I came up with that, that changed my life. And so that's the book coming out in December. So I have, I had a twofer this year, which is crazy. Gosh, no, that's awesome because I think we all struggle with that. No, it's hard for us to say no as women. I think it's something with our DNA something it's a struggle so we are looking forward to that book no nonsense um and then your podcast that's the same 24 hours podcast what what is the podcast about what kind of guests do you bring in and and what can we learn from it yeah so the the name came from the idea that we all have the same 24 hours in our day but it's you know it's because we're all saying we're so busy but everyone has the same 24 hours and and it's what we do with our 24 hours that contributes to our health and happiness and success. So I like to just bring in people that have great stories and and kind of figure out what helps their 24 hours be so great and kind of what they do. But really we just chat and have fun (laughs) because I like to talk to interesting people, but yeah, it's just kind of this idea that the way we manage our time and, and how we prioritize our lives results and, and what, you know, in the end game, our health, happiness yeah. and success. And a lot of times we, as women fail to prioritize and then we wake up one day and we don't know what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's, and it's how we were raised too. I'm a, you know, yeah. I'm 100% Italian. So, you know, Italian moms are a bunch of martyrs and <laughs> I, my vision in my mind was I want to be exactly like my mother because I adore her. I love her. I will. I don't think I will ever reach that level. She did everything. I mean, she put herself at the very bottom rung always and still does. My sisters and I had an awesome childhood. So when I first had my kids, that's what I wanted to replicate. That's the type of mom I wanted to be. And I thought that's, that's how it was supposed to be. I'm at the, I'm at the bottom rung and you know, the kids are always first, always give, give, give to the kids. And now the more I'm speaking with experts like yourself on this podcast, I'm seeing the other side of it, that it's okay to make time for yourself. And I tell my mom, my sisters and I tell her, hey, listen, we moved out, Ma. It's time. It's you time to <laughs> put yourself first. And, and you're right. We struggle with that. A lot of us do. Yeah. And I, I also don't like to, I, I think it's hard for some women to say, okay, I'm going to put myself first. Yeah. Like if you're not that personality, you'll never be able to say that. And so what I like to say is just put yourself moving. Ah, <laughs> like, okay. Just go move in a direction of your hopes and dreams. And, and that's such a big, like I actually had a chapter in my book that got cut out called hopes and dreams are for losers because it's such a, a kind of big idea that we have these hopes and dreams. And well, you can't think that way. Like what is the immediate next step that you need to take and take that one. Okay. Um, and usually it's some sort of motion, you know, whether you need to go for a walk or you need to clean out that hoarding closet and, or you need to unsubscribe from all these shops 
shopping emails, whatever it is, it usually requires some sort of movement or action. And so if you can't put yourself first, then just make a move today. <laughs> you know, awesome. Take some I like action. That. I like that. Yeah. Meredith Atwood, you could listen to her podcast, the same 24 hours podcast and the title of your books and where we can get them. So the triathlon book is called triathlon for the every woman. You can be a triathlete. Yes, you. And that's available, um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon online. And, um, the book coming out December, right around Christmas time is called the year, the year of no nonsense, how a little less BS can change your life. Awesome. Thank you so much. You were so Thank much you. fun to talk to. Absolutely. Anytime. She's so wonderful. Hopefully this episode inspires you to get out of your comfort zone, to stop making excuses and get to that place where you are happy. Okay. Next week on the seven figures podcast, entrepreneur, business strategist, best-selling author, Sharon Lecter will join the conversation. She's going to teach us how to play big. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day to you and your family. And we will talk again next Friday. Raise a glass and say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.